The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition of the HHC as well as a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Summer League style Hornets defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers 91-80 to out in Las Vegas yesterday. Today they'll wrap up the scheduled portion of their Summer League play against the Chicago Bulls and then await to find out what game they're playing in. You know what? It could be the championship game coming up on the final day of Summer League. So we're going to break down yesterday's contest also look ahead towards today's. And there was some news from the Board of Governors meeting conducted out in Las Vegas. Uh, Take fouls have been very much adjusted and and for the most part removed from the game. Plus, the play-in tournament is now a permanent addition to the NBA schedule. So a lot to talk about today to help me on all of these topics. He's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, back for another edition of the HHC. Rob, let's get right into it. Hornets big win, 91-80 to against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll pick our stars of the game momentarily, but just generally speaking, I think this was another game where the Hornets defense was really on point. It's been that way basically the entire time in Las Vegas. Even the loss to the Pacers Uh, There were more quarters than not where the Hornets were holding the opposition under 25 points. Some of that is the quarters are a little bit shorter. Some of that is these players, for the most part, are just generally not as good, not as elite offensively as a normal NBA lineup. But it's still impressive nonetheless, and it's notable with the amount of size and defensive prowess that some of the recent draft picks bring to the table. And it just gets you excited about what they might be able to do if and when they crack the rotation later on come the regular season. So that was my big takeaway. Defensively, they can 
continue to look good offensively, far and away their best game. Your thoughts on Game 3 of Summer League for the Hornets, the 11-point win over Cleveland. The biggest thing for me in this game was it kind of ties into the defense a little bit, but it was kind of more so that transition offense. And of course, that certainly does start with defense. Mark Williams had a couple big blocks. JT Thor had a few blocks as well. And Kai Jones got in there as well. And all of those blocks kind of seemed like they led to transition buckets and they were pretty much easy runouts for the most part. So, you know, sometimes, like I mentioned the other day, your best offense is your defense. And I think that was a pretty big case here yesterday for the Hornets to able to run out. And they finished the first half strong on both occasions. The end of the first quarter, end of the second quarter, did a really good job. I love the way that they were able to finish those couple of periods out because again we've seen the Hornets struggle with that a little bit from time to time and that's easy to struggle with when you have a team full of young guys that you know they don't kind of have that killer instinct at the end of the quarter to go on a run or anything like that we saw that yesterday there was a lot of intensity from some of the players still trying to make a name for themselves so you know those were some of my main takeaways from a team aspect rather than just an individual aspect as well eight blocks in total for the team and notable because Nick Richards didn't play in this one and and that is normal for summer league oftentimes when you have a log jam at a certain position and uh, quite frankly with the veteran player like Nick Richards. He he doesn't really have much to prove here at Summer League, and if he did, he's kind of done that, averaging a double-double through the first two games. But you want to let Mark Williams have a little bit longer run out there and, and just kind of give other players a look so Nick Richards sat yesterday's game out and the blocks stayed solid the shot influencing stayed solid Mark Williams really strong game with 12 points and eight rebounds in 20 minutes Kai Jones took over the backup center spot he had 11 points and six rebounds out there and just overall really solid play. Leading scorer for the Hornets was Bryce McGowan's 24 points, 7 of 10 shooting from the field, 5 of 6 from beyond the arc. He was really impressive. Hornets as a team shot roughly 40% from deep. Other players in double figures, Williams we mentioned before had 12. Brady Manick had 12 points, made a couple of threes. So did Leangelo Ball, 13 minutes on the floor. He scored 12 points and then 11 points for Kai Jones. Time to pick players of the game. You're the guest. Rob, you get to go first. I'm going to leave the obvious one for you. I'm going to go with Kai Jones. I was really impressed with what Kai was able to do out there yesterday in kind of that backup five role. He has been playing a lot of the four lately too, which I think is more of his natural position, but we saw him a little bit at that backup five, kind of mixing it in with Mark Williams there as well. They both played 20 minutes each, so they each got half of the game to run out there, and Kai Jones just did such a good job. I think his confidence has really risen from not only this past year when the Hornets drafted him through this offseason as well, and that's why I like Kai as my player of the game just from a developmental standpoint is the way that he's been able to progress. He played with a lot of confidence out there yesterday. He wasn't afraid to dribble the ball 30 feet away from the basket. He was, you know, attacking the rim, doing a really good job. He was defending at the rim on the other end as well and he had some really freakishly athletic plays he hit that and one on the baseline on a fadeaway jumper and then kind of did a move that we see Scotty Lewis do a lot he jumps back up on his feet without even using his hands so Kai Jones just one of those guys that just seems to keep getting better and better had a really big coming out game yesterday he was my player of the game yeah I love the pick we're kind of thinking the same thing because I was gonna I was assuming you would go with the obvious one and then Kai Jones would be my selection the kind of the headline for him out of the gates was obviously going 0 for 10 from 3 and we've talked about this several times I look at it as I tend to quite frankly I admittedly from a half glass full 
type of mindset. But even though that 0 for 10 was there, I looked at everything else he was doing well. He still almost had a double-double in that game. I still managed to get into double figures. And when you look over the entirety of the tournament, I know that he has it in him to be a better three-point shooter than he has displayed to this point in Summer League, obviously. And I think in general, he was okay last year in the G League. I think he can be a reasonably good option from three at the NBA level. The coaches certainly seem to believe it. But right now, the best way for him to impact games is to do the things that he does best and that most humans can't do. He is a freakish athlete. He can do things that the the rarest of rare are able to accomplish. Every time he leaps, I'm a little afraid for him that he's going to hit his head on the rim. He's that kind of leaper, and he is putting it on display. I heard some of the commentary on the TV broadcast yesterday. He dunks everything. There is just no stopping him. The best rim protectors in the world are going to have a hard time denying Kai Jones when he wants to go for the basket and gets a full head of steam. So with this effort against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he shot the ball extremely well, and again, a lot of those finishes were right at the cup, but he goes... 5 for 7. He's 11 for 14 now from the field, uh, excluding three-point shots. He continues to impress. And again, I think he can have an impact on the big club, on the Hornets this year. And it could include some three-point shooting if the shot's available for him. But if his first, second, and third instinct is to drive the basketball if the lane provides itself or keep the ball moving, he can be an excellent, excellent option. So I love the pick there. Mine, I'll take the obvious guy. It's Bryce McGowan's. He goes out there and matched Ochai Abaji the lottery pick for the game high in points with 24, 7 of 10 shooting from the field, 5 of 6 from 3. He just looks comfortable out there. He looks in the zone, and he was such a natural scorer at Nebraska. Now he's doing it at NBA Summer League, and I don't think you can deny him any longer. So 24 points, huge, huge production. This is two out of the three games now where he has really been spot on, and he matches, again, a lottery pick and the athleticism. It's just it's eye-popping, the length, the skill he brings. Uh, He is certainly caught the eye of Mitch Kupchak much earlier in the process, but his play opened his eyes so far here in Summer League, and I think it has to continue to for both the front office, coaching staff, and the fans, because Bryce was outstanding against the Cavs, helping the team to an 11-point win. Well, I don't know how much longer Bryce McGowan's might be on that two-way contract. He might get the full-time deal at some rate because he's just been looking better and better through just only three games in Summer League. You know, certainly Mitch Kupchak was onto something when he moved up to get him in a draft, and you can certainly see why he was a lot higher on their draft boards because he just seems so fluid and so smooth. He hit a couple of step-back threes and a couple of threes that he was just in rhythm that I just kind of sat back and I said, wow. I mean, they were ones as the shot clock was winding down. There were a couple of deep ones in there as well, and he's so good at driving to the rim too just another arsenal in his bag if he's able to create some sort of mid-range shot too and is able to score at all three levels man that's going to be scary but he looked so good yesterday there for the Hornets Hornets get a big win 91 to 80 over the Cleveland Cavaliers and again they'll have another game today against the Bulls if they win it they've got a shot to be in the top two and play for the Summer League Championship which they're distributing rings for now so that would be a pretty cool thing uh, for the Hornets youngsters to accomplish we will preview today game for you shortly. Coming up next, though, the Board of Governors announced some of the results of their meeting. Commissioner Adam Silver addressing several topics, including take fouls, the continuation of the play-in tournament now made permanent. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want. 
just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Rob, the Board of Governors for the NBA had their meetings in Las Vegas. Lots of different groups are meeting in Las Vegas. And some changes have been made in terms of the rules and in terms of the format going forward that we wanted to address here. One, highly anticipated. Really, both of these were anticipated, but I think some of the details certainly matter. Take fouls were a big point of emphasis on broadcasts all throughout the year last season. Those are those fouls where a team forces a turnover, has a run out in transition some way, shape, or form, and they have created an odd man rush, and the defender basically sticks his hand up in the air and then grabs hold of someone knowing that the referee has to call the foul, stop the fast break, but no free throws come out of it, and some of the most exciting plays and players in the world are denied a highlight opportunity. I think most people agreed something needed to change, but here is what they settled upon. So if there is a take foul, they're going to get one free throw for any player on the floor plus the ball. So this is going to probably be enough to get coaches to cut this out because no one likes to give up free points at the free throw line plus possession. We'll see. There was some chatter that maybe it should be two free throws and the ball, but they're going to start with it at this stage on the take foul situation. What are your thoughts? Well, it certainly needs to get out of the game. That's something that I think we all can agree on. And I think the Hornets were one of those teams that, I don't want to say they relied on it a lot last year, but I think they were one of those teams that did it more often than some other teams. And it just was making sense. It's one of those things where, you know, you do it until it becomes an issue in the game. And they outlaws, kind of similar to clear path fouls and how those were an issue a couple of years ago. And then they were able to make that decision. And now you don't see that many infractions anymore and is able to speed up and keep the speed of the game and the tempo of the game in check so it's one of those things that i think they're on the right line of it the only concern that i personally have with it is is this going to look like the clear path fouls are they going to be able to go to the monitor and that sort of thing and take some time to look at it to see if it was indeed a take foul that's my only concern that's going to slow down the game a little bit more in that aspect but as long as they're able to make that call right away and it is clearly a take foul i have no problem with it couple of carve outs on on this one one in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter in the last two minutes of any overtime period this heightened penalty is not going to apply the defensive team can still foul to stop the clock and attempt to get a comeback or keep the other team from making a three or even attempting a three if they're up by three points already so you can do a quote-unquote take foul in the last two minutes the one issue i see here and it kind of references what you said if it's an obvious take foul sometimes i don't know how obvious it is obviously if someone sticks their hand up in the air they're clearly trying to foul that's one thing but what happens if you try and take a charge in the backcourt what happens if you're just closely guarding someone and it's in that zone and it happens to be during an odd man rush or a run out so that's where I think there's a little bit of gray area here that I kind of wish that they would have flushed out. I don't want this to become an endless trip to the monitor to see what was it actually a take foul. I don't think players are going to be sticking their hands up in the air anymore. And quite frankly, I think a lot of this is going to be taken out. I'm not so much concerned now about quote unquote normal take fouls remaining. I'm more concerned about, okay, what happens if say LaMelo Ball is trying to steal a hit ahead pass 
at midcourt and instead of getting the ball accidentally runs into the player. Is that now a take foul or is that a common foul? And I don't think we're going to get the answer until we get closer to the regular season or at very least the preseason to understand how this is going to be officiated. So that's the one part of this that I still have questions about. But I think generally speaking, yes, of course, we want more of those exciting finishes. They certainly help a young and exciting and athletic team like the one the Hornets have and are bringing to the table. The other piece of business from the Board of Governors, the play-in tournament has been made permanent. It was on a trial basis starting in the 2020-2021 season. Hornets have obviously been in it twice, 0 for 2 as the 10 seed. This is going to remain moving forward. I think it's fantastic, Rob. This is exactly what you want if you're trying to keep more teams involved, further to the finish line, and it also prevents some teams that are in the top six, the top four, from taking their foot entirely off the gas, thinking that there's just not that much to play for. It makes every position that much more important on the totem pole, one all the way through 11, and it's going to force more teams to play harder, longer, which is exactly what you want from a fan perspective. Absolutely. It makes everything a little bit more competitive. You're going to see a lot more teams. I think you've seen it the last couple of seasons, a lot more teams, more active at the trade deadline as well. Whether it is, do they want to go for it? Do they not want to go for it? Maybe a team is sitting in that 10th spot, kind of teetering on a playoff spot. Do they want to try to dive in and try to get to that top eight so they can get two cracks at it in the play-in tournament? So yeah, creates a lot more excitement all around. And even certainly too, it makes getting a top six seed in your conference that much more important as well. So you don't have to go into play-in tournament route. And hopefully the way that the Hornets have been able to improve the last couple of seasons, that this play-in tournament doesn't really become an issue for a third straight season they're able to just go ahead and crack that top six and make it into the playoffs so certainly exciting to see everything going on here with this playing tournament it's one of those things where you can't get much more excitement around the game. Now, I know the next step, and this is for a topic on the podcast for another day, is that in-season tournament that's starting to kind of build some momentum, and you're starting to hear a lot of talks about that. But right now for the playing tournament, definitely a big positive moving forward for the league, and I think it's a big win for Adam Silver. You get so much hype generated around it, and it makes that regular season that much more important. So a couple of the pieces of business from the Board of Governors and the uh, impact near-term, long-term on the Hornets and the NBA. Again, take foul will be put to bed, hopefully, with this change, subtle as it might be, or I should say maybe not as extreme as it could have been with two shots plus the ball. I think this change will be more than enough to get things where the fans really want the game to go, and also the play-in tournament remaining not just good because it makes that last week of the season more interesting for more teams, but I think it, again, will keep fewer teams from tanking, whether that's because they have basically eliminated themselves from contention, even from a top 10 spot, or because they know that they're in the top six you know that's not enough anymore you got to work a little bit harder to get through the finish line and I think that's good for everyone coming up next a game day again out in Las Vegas for the Hornets can they get to three and one can they give themselves a shot at the title game for summer league we'll talk about their matchup with the Chicago Bulls after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast Hornets fans it's time to get some new gear the best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets fan shop now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. 
Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Hornets have one more game left on their schedule here for Summer League. They'll take on the Chicago Bulls today. Hornets are 2-1, and one, so is Chicago. If the Hornets were to win, or I guess we should say whoever wins this one, does have a chance to make it into the championship game. Now, there's a variety of ways that the tiebreakers are deciphered. There's going to be a lot of teams that end up 3-1. and one. It won't just be one or two. So the Hornets are going to have to get a little bit of luck on their side even to make that championship game. But first things first, they have to beat the Bulls to get there. Same as yesterday, Rob Longo, we're going to need a player to watch for the Bulls, player to watch for the Hornets amongst drafted players, player to watch for the Hornets amongst undrafted players, and the rule for this one, again, we can't pick the same guys we did yesterday when it comes to the Hornets. You're the guest. You get to go first. So let's begin with the opponent. I'm going to take a look at Carly Jones, a shifty little guard for the Bulls while he's on the Bulls Summer League roster. He's bounced around the G League the last couple of years, played for the Texas Legends last season. That's the G League affiliate for the Mavericks. Had a 10-day contract with the Denver Nuggets as well. He was the team's leading scorer the other day against the Raptors on a 93-83 win. Had a team-high 17 points perfect from the field two for two from beyond the arc had a couple of rebounds five assists as well I think that the Hornets did a really good job limiting the guard play of the Cavs yesterday especially RJ Nebhard because he was one of those guys that was a really big player for the Cavs the last couple of games in their summer league schedule but the Hornets did a good job neutralizing him he only scored five points so I think that the defense is going to have to step up again in order to get this win but again one of those guys that's a key factor for me is Carly Jones for the Bulls I'm going to go with Dalen Terry their first round pick he has not necessarily been eye-popping statistically in terms of scoring the basketball in summer league he was below 10 points in their opening win against the Dallas Mavericks which was just a one-point contest uh, then they got blown out by the New York Knicks 101 to 69 out there in Las Vegas. Terry, a little bit stronger in that one. He had 13 points. And then in their most recent game, a 10 point win over the Toronto Raptors, he had 14 points. So I guess he's headed at least in the right direction. He is their first round pick. I will say for him, kind of like a, a Mark Williams, although uh, very much a different position. Dale and Terry is a guard, a tall one, a long one at six foot seven, but uh, certainly not a seven foot rim protector. But he is known as a very good defensive player, which is a big part of why he was drafted. All-Pac-12 defensive team in his sophomore season. He's got a lot of good offensive skill set, no doubt about it, and obviously some really good length, but his defense is just as much, if not more, the reason why he has a bright future in Chicago than his offense at this stage. Also, I'm keying in on him because he is likely going to draw the assignment of McGowan's, and McGowan's is coming off a 24-point performance here for the Hornets, so to see him do that yesterday against Ochai Abaji is the head-to-head matchup a lot is really encouraging. Now we'll get to see him do it again, hopefully, against another high-quality draft pick and a high-level defender from the college ranks. Solid pick. So I think for the next portion, I'm going to go with non-drafted Hornet player to look at. I'm going to go with Brady Manick. The shooting finally came around yesterday. Had 12 points, 4-9 from the field. It was only 2-5 of five from beyond New York, but he looked really confident out there on the three-point line. There was a couple of instances where he had a quick release, quick catch and shoot, even with a defender right in his eye, and his shot just simply didn't fall. But I think Brady Manick's one of those guys that, you know, because he was a little bit of an older player coming out of college, you know, he spent 
so many years at UNC in Oklahoma as well. He has to kind of retool his game a little bit. He's not the biggest guy in the world frame-wise. I think he was able to slim down a little bit. That's what it looked like in training camp at least. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to have to stretch the floor a little bit. Three-point shooting is going to have to be his calling card. So Brady Manick, for him to make a name for himself or at least to get an invite on somebody's roster, I think he's going to have to have a bigger game here tonight against the Bulls or at least show that he can really put that three-point shot on display. So Brady Manick's my guy to watch tonight for the Hornets, at least among undrafted players. To avoid doubling up on anyone and also because I think he's deserving, I'm going Leangelo Ball. We've talked about how he missed the first game of Summer League as he was out on health and safety protocols. Second one, got a very short run out there and really first time back in action with the team after health and safety protocols. So we're not going to hold that against him. But he got 13 minutes against the Cavs, knocked down some shots. His shooting form is really, really good. I heard some of the broadcasters talking about it, saying just amongst the Ball brothers that he has the best shooting form in the family. And that's saying something because LaMelo Ball is one of the top, I think, 15 or 20 three-point shooters percentage-wise in the NBA a year ago. And Lonzo Ball is a very good three-point shooter as well. So Leangelo has got game. I got to admit, I'm rooting for the guy. I know he's a fan favorite out there, and some of that has to do with the fame that he already had coming in to this level of basketball, but he has earned it. His game is really coming along, and I'm just happy for him getting this opportunity and making the most of it. So 5 for 9 for 12 points in that win over Cleveland. I'm looking for more from Jello Ball. Last but not least, let's go with a drafted Hornet to watch. I'm going to take the obvious one since my click to pick yesterday didn't play, which was Nick Richards. So I don't have really a problem with doubling up in that aspect, but I'm going to go with Bryce McGowan's. Can he do it the second night in a row? I don't think there's a whole lot of pressure on him. I mean, it's certainly not. There's It's summer league after all. If he goes out and has another great game, okay, that's awesome. If he doesn't, it's not going to say that, you know, yesterday was a fluke at all or anything like that. It's, you know, the second game in 24 hours and these guys haven't played together very long with each other. So I'm looking forward to see what Bryce McGowan's can do on the second night of a back-to-back. And Chicago's had an extra day of rest, so we'll see if that's any factor. But, you know, all these guys are young, they're excited, they're hungry to get out there and play more ball. Bryce McGowan's did play 30 minutes yesterday, so we'll see what happens. But he's going to be my guy to keep an eye on among drafted players for the Hornets. I'm going to go with Kai Jones for this one. Again, I think from the start of Summer League, he's done a lot of positive things, a lot of things that gets me excited as a fan of his. Even that game where he was 0 for 10 from 3, he made everything else he took. Didn't really shoot the ball much in Game 2, the double overtime win over the Lakers. Game three, maybe his coming out party in Las Vegas, just dunking everything, committed to going to the rim, attacking, good on the glass. He's got an opponent in this one if he starts or even if he doesn't potentially in Marco Simonovic for the Bulls, who's you know similarly sized at six foot eleven, a little bit heavier, a little bit more your traditional center in, in certain aspects. Certainly in terms of leaping ability, Kai Jones has an upper hand on everyone. But Simonovic has had some big games in summer league thus far, so that'll be a good test for Kai Jones if indeed he does draw that assignment defensively. And then offensively, I'm just looking for him to continue to attack. I really think there is a role for him on this year's Hornets team, and it's likely not going to have much to do with attempting volume threes because that job belongs to guys like Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. Anyways, even if Kai Jones had come out and gone 10 for 10 from three at this point, I would still be saying the same thing. The one thing Kai can do that no one else on this team, few people 
in the world can do is dunk over everyone. And to see him do that yesterday in the win over Cleveland just brought joy to my heart. I'm hoping to have more joy here today against the Bulls, and hopefully it leads to the Hornets playing in the finale. We will give you all the notes on the final opponent once we get it. Also, we'll continue to have more conversations in and around Summer League. Brady Manick is in the on-deck circle for a one-on-one conversation. We'll be bringing that to you in coming days as well. For now, Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here on the Hornets Hivecast. My pleasure. A blast as always. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, Hornets playing the Chicago Bulls later on today. Little bit later of a start time. Game will tip off at 6 p.m. It will be on ESPN2. Hopefully you'll get a chance to tune in, watch the Hornets hopefully move to three consecutive victories out there in Las Vegas, and we'll see if they're headed towards the championship game. Till next time, for Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.